Hey, everybody, I'd like to thank you so much for tuning in to Ask Simply Mary right here on Anchor FM and also coming to you from Apple Podcasts and all your favorite podcast networks. Uh, What I do is answer questions to those who ask. And if you want to know, you have to ask. So I chose three of my favorite questions from Cora to go over today on the show. The first one is coming up next. We are going to talk all about royalties, how they're paid, and how these big networks like Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, all these places, how they benefit from streaming your music and what what do they get for paying you royalties. So uh, we're going to talk about how royalties go out there and how you get your money uh, right here on Ask Simply Mary. Coming up next. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning back in to Ask Simply Mary. And I'm going to get right down to it today. We have a question from Ivan. And he wants to know, let me see here, how do streaming platforms benefit from paying out royalties? Uh, let me tell you, this is a great question because it's it's actually touching on two different things. And the first thing is really um, artists need to know how they're getting their money. Because if you don't know how you're getting it, you don't know where to go to get it, right? So here we go. We're going to talk about royalties and how they're paid out and how you get your money and how much money you get, actually, essentially per stream. So um, what we have basically are networks like Amazon Music, Apple Music, YouTube, Spotify, Pandora, Tidal, all these places have to pay to use the music or services that they are offering. Um, They have to pay the artist for the use of that service. That use can be a mechanical royalty, a public performance royalty, and it can get very confusing to know the difference between everything. But you as an artist probably already are signed up with a pro organization if your music is already streaming out there. And now you may or may not have your neighboring rights. You may not have a publishing administration, but having all these things gets you more money in the end because they can collect from everywhere in the world. So just so you know that. But what we're going to talk about today is Spotify. So when I go out there and I distribute a song, it gets registered an ISRC code. And that code is to identify that song no matter where it's played, anywhere in the music atmosphere that is on the web and the radio, wherever. Um, And so that's the identifier. And that is how Spotify Amazon Music, Apple Music, YouTube, Pandora, Tidal. This is how all these places know who to pay. Um, So you're registered, and just so you know, each of these places, they pay per stream. And if you put it out there, I'm going to let you know, if you think that you can get like a dollar a stream, you are so crazy. Uh, Because the streaming rate payout right now for Amazon Music, Apple Music, YouTube, Spotify, Pandora, and Tidal, they all vary. Um, Amazon Music, you get paid .0074 per play. Okay, that's the realism. Apple Music pays .00783 per stream which is actually slightly lower than Amazon. Uh, YouTube pays .00074 per stream. Spotify pays .0038 
per play. You know, so if you think about it, these are very minute, minute amounts for each stream. So, you know, you really have to market your music and get a lot of streams in order to, to get some money coming in from your music. So, whatever you have streaming out there, we can work with our performance rights organizations in order to collect that money. So, what happens is Spotify has to pay the performance rights organizations. They have to pay HFA, they have to pay ASCAP, CSAC, BMI, anybody associated with that ISRC code that is a public performance royalty or a mechanical royalty. Now, if someone's buying that and on a physical copy of a CD or they're buying it as a song track, that's different. Um, those are distribution royalties um, from purchases and things like that. That's different. So um, Spotify doesn't pay those. They pay the performance and the mechanical royalties just so you know so at the end of the day they pay the performance rights organization and then they figure out what royalties do we owe do we owe performance uh, who do we owe the writer or the publisher and then that money gets split down and it goes to either the publishing company or the artist directly um, or the writer directly and the publishing company then you know it's the same thing on the mechanical side um, at the end of the day your publishing administration is probably going to be taking up the the brink of everything you're making there um, and then it goes to you so um, how do these places benefit if they're paying all this money out well you know think about it Spotify is not only in your earbuds it's not only um, music there's advertising advertisers pay to be put in there in those 30 second ads so you might get this service for free you might stream your music for free but you're still listening to advertising and all that advertising is revenue for this company on top of what you're paying for the extended services like YouTube Music and YouTube Red and Spotify, they pay um, for unlimited streaming. So if you want those perks, they're going to lose their revenue, but not really because you're going to pay them the revenue they're losing by having it for free. Either way, they're going to make their money <laughs> because they do have to pay all these other places. But at the end of the day, they're paying minute, minute. So you know, if you think about it, though, as an artist, a lot of people say, I don't think this is fair to get paid 0.0074 cents per play. But, you know, at the end of the day, that is only um, a few short minutes of time. And, you know, it, realistically, if you got paid buku bucks for everybody would be a musician. I mean, come on, and everybody already is a musician, basically. There's so much music getting out there every single day, brand new stuff. It's crazy. But, you know, you have to be out there playing it. You have to be doing it live. You have to be streaming it. You have to be doing all the stuff to be making the money. And that's where the realistic visions need to be for everyone is that it's not easy to make the money. You have to market it get it out there and get it heard hopefully make some sales on top 
And then you'll start seeing some income flowing from your work. Um, but, you know, it takes it takes work from the day you write it to the day it's done. And even after that, to get it out there, unless you write a number one and it goes crazy or whatever, you know, that'd be great. <laughs> but, um, you know, we all have that dream. So anyway, this is how royalties are paid out. And you do need to be signed up to your pro organization and from there move on and get a publisher, a publishing administration, your neighboring rights, get everything all in line and it, it comes together at the end of the day. So um, it's a little bit of work to get things started, but you know, but yeah, that's how they make out. That's how you as an artist make out and that's just how it's done. And I suggest if you want to know more, use your pro organization's website go on there and search they have lots of information on all of them i got information from my organization song trust and they have some great um great material to go through i don't know what i want to call it it's like um learning material basically so anything you want schooled on you can go into your organization and learn about it and then you know like what I'm doing I'm sharing it with you and so I thank Song Trust for all the information that they've given to me to pass on um, and I hope that you guys go look into this yourselves um, to get the real deal from the actual legitimate sources uh, because that's where most of your answers lie that's where I get most of the answers, but there's so much more information in there for you to find. That's why I, I encourage you to go there anyway and look it up. So we will be right back with our next question from Cora. And I can peek ahead of time here and tell you what it's going to be. And it's, is it hard to learn how to produce music from scratch? And this is from Alzea Fisher. And I think this person is related to Jalen. So uh, <laughs> I'm paying attention. I think these guys want to write music. And I'll give you a very honest answer as soon as we come right back, right here on Ask Simply Mary. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning back in to Ask Simply Mary. And I am on a question from Cora. And this one is from Alzea Fisher. And I do believe that I have had questions from Jalen Fisher, who is probably a relative. So I'm thinking you guys are working on some really good stuff by the sound of this question. Uh, the question is, is it hard to learn how to produce music from scratch? Now, let me tell you, uh, Alzea, I don't want to... I don't want to uh, discourage you. That's the word I'm looking for. I do not want to discourage you, but I want to be very honest with you. Um, producing music is not something that you learn overnight. I have been trying to learn it on my own without paid instruction, um, just from research and experience for about three to four years now. And I still have not cut a song by myself yet. Um, and I'm going to tell you, it's because I'm trying to produce, to mix, to edit, to master, to do everything myself. And not that it can't be done. It can. But it takes a lot of education. So what I want to tell you is don't walk into anything in your life. I don't care if it's producing or whatever. Don't ever walk into anything thinking it's going to be easy. 
know that it's going to take work because you have to learn about compressors and limiters and sound and the way it travels and how to mic things and how to properly level things, how to reduce reverb, how to add effects, chorus, vocals, timing, quantizing, tracks, um, how to get things uh, spread out to make surround sounds and equalization and now you need to learn about filters and all these things that come together at the end of the day. But, but you have probably years and years of learning to do. And I'll tell you honestly, I've talked to a producer who helped me with my album and he tried as hard as he could and I'll tell you, it was a circus. Um, but he told me, you, you can't just download the software and get the stuff and have this thing up and running and record a song tomorrow and think you're going to have it out there in a couple months. It doesn't work that way. Um, he's been doing this, I think, 20 years now or, or close to it. I don't know. It's an insane amount of time. But he trains people. He teaches people. And still, after 10 years, some of those people are not ready. Um, so just so you know, this is going to depend on your dedication to learning. This is going to depend on where you're getting your information and who's teaching you. Um, it's going to depend on your ability to invest in your learning experience and that might be by upgrading software or equipment um, so all of these things you you have time and money to consume here and that time is also going to be consumed by working to earn what you need to build your studio with so you know you're giving and taking the whole entire time I think the younger you start the better and I think if you can afford a class um, to go online and do that. And what I'm going to tell you, this is going to sound absolutely nuts, but I think you should go to Masterclass and I think you should sign up under Timbaland and you should take his class. And that's that. He is a producer and he produces beat tracks. He teaches you how to do them. Um, I love watching his video for Masterclass, but I haven't signed up yet myself um, because I don't really work with with beat tracks that much. I should do it um, because I would love to add things like that. But right now I'm trying to learn more on the analog end where you're plugging in and line direct and playing the instrument. But what it sounds like is you have a goal of producing a beat track with some vocals over it maybe, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, that's my suggestion for you. I don't want you to walk into it thinking that, you know, you're going to learn it and you guys are going to be Billie Eilish like tomorrow. It's it's not going to happen that quick. But, you know, if you really want to learn it, you will learn it. And if you really want to be good at it, you will be good at it. Because your dedication to that, your repetitive, doing it every day over and over and over is how you're going to learn. And the more you listen to other people's things, that's how you're going to learn. You're going to be like, oh, now I hear that. I hear that in my track. I hear the timing off. I hear that needs reverb. This needs fixed. Um, and then, you know, you just start growing. And then you become more confident in your work. And someday you guys are going to be putting out awesome music. I guarantee it. With all the questions you have, with Jalen learning. I'm, I'm just assuming you guys are related. Um, you can correct me on Cora if I'm wrong, because <laughs> I will post my answer there. But uh, yeah, yeah, I wish you all the luck with this. 
Um, is it hard to learn how to produce music from scratch? It's, it's not as long as you have experience. So once you're experienced, no. But if you're inexperienced, yes. <laughs> but you know, take your time, learn, and you will grow. And we will be right back with our next question, our final question of the day from Cora. How do you write your own song? This should be fun and really, really interesting because I'm going to share with you just how I do that. And we'll be right back with that next on Ask Simply Mary. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning back in for the final segment of our podcast today. And we're going to start off. um, I'd like to tell you, people don't just go sit and write a song. The question is, how do I write a song, right? Um, I don't just go to a chair and sit down and decide, hey, today I'm going to write a song. So what I wanted to do was break it down into how it happens for me. And for me, it's basically I am either rehearsing or I'm just jamming and something happens. Um, But if my intent, once something happens, is to write a song out of it, These are the steps that I take. And I have a fun little um, game on how to do chord progressions that we're going to get into. Um, It makes it easier to bring things together. Um, And if it works, it works for you. If it doesn't, then you'll have to find another way. But this is how I do it. Um, So uh, basically, I need to start off by choosing an instrument, right? I'm either jamming on the piano or I'm jamming on, on a guitar, Uh, And so I have my instrument there, and maybe I'm not feeling anything right away, right? So I need to find a chord progression to go with. And if you are already this far, you know that there's structure to a song, right? So we have an intro, a verse. uh, Well, let's start off slower. An intro that attracts the listener's attention, and it introduces them to the entire song. So that's the point of the intro. The verse is to tell the story, give the details. The pre-chorus is building anticipation for the chorus. The chorus is the main theme or the message, and it is repeated more than once, so you want to make sure you do good with that. Uh, Then we have our bridge, and that creates a breakaway from or maybe a variation, or just time to think for the song. Uh, for me, I like to use bridges for guitar solos if I'm doing a full band piece. But And then the outro is the conclusion, the end of the song. It might have variation, it might fade out, it might dead stop. But that's our structure basics. So here I'm sitting with my piano, and I'm tinkering around, and I need to find a chord progression. And I'm not going to focus on intro, verse, chorus, pre-chorus, or anything right now. I'm not even thinking about that yet. Uh, so basically, I'm tossing between verse and chorus in my mind when I find my chord progression. How I do that is I choose letters. I don't know if my uh, keyboard is on or if I can even use it during this. Nope, I can't. Uh, so what I do is I take the letters of the notes that you have available to choose from, right? So you have A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And those letters repeat. So you can do one of two things. You can just write them at the top of a sheet of paper, or you can go get your Scrabble game and take all the A, B, C, D, E, F, Gs out 
and put them in a bag. Because <laughs> basically, this is what we're doing. Uh, we're going to take these letters and we're going to mix them up. We might have a word. Um, I like to use words. So it might be gab, G-A-B. It might be gabe, G-A-B-E. And, you know, uh, I'll take words of three to four to even five letters long. And then I mix them into the chord progression that I want. Um, it'll stay in that order, but you might strum it different. You're going to tinker around once you find some sounds that are sounding good to you with these things. Then I come up with my actual basic just rhythmic pattern on the guitar or the chords of the piano. And I'll start adding a melody line in my head. And at this point, I already have my chord progression figured out, the first one, only one chord progression, and that's going to take care of either a verse or a chorus, I'm not sure yet. Um, but I might come up with a melody, a melody, and I might start adding words at that point. And if I do, if I come up with a melody that includes a hook and... I end up writing a chorus, well, then that's going to stay the chorus, and that is the heart and soul of my song, or it will be the verse, and I will need to come up with a chorus. So either way, what I'm coming up with at this point is going to turn into either the verse or the chorus. So if I choose a hook line and we go with chorus, well, I need to build to the chorus and come out of it and everything, so I need to come up with another chord structure. So what I do is take one of the letters out of my first structure and make sure that one of those letters is in the second one. It should work no matter what you do. Choose another word, write another verse. Um, even if you only have a melody, that's okay. As long as you have a few words coming in and some melodic patterns, um, then I have a verse and a chorus. And now I can just build from there. Okay, so I've, I've got a verse, I've got a chorus, I'm starting to add lyrics here and there. And I might not write all the lyrics at once, but I usually get at least one verse done and one bridge. And um, remember, you have room to change this at any time, however you want, because it's not set in stone. You're an artist, so you're going to shape this. You're going to change words. You're going to change um, rhythms or patterns, melodies. Uh, you're going to add chorus and maybe maybe more overlapping lines. You don't know. So don't be too hard on yourself because it's not like it's charred and chiseled in the stone, you know. Um, so here we are, and we're going to add a new chord progression because now we need a bridge. <laughs> So, uh, you know, now you can choose another letter out of your second one or your first one, whichever, or you could stray somewhere else altogether if that's what happens in your song. But then I build my bridge. I always do the intro and the outro last because you don't really know what you're coming up with in the middle. But then I'll add my intro and my outro and I'll have just a dry track with just piano or guitar um, when I'm sitting and actually writing it, I'm just jotting this stuff down in a notebook and I'm playing it over and over to get it drilled into my head. And then all of a sudden we have, um, voila, a song. <laughs> and that's how it happens for me. Um, some songwriters take way different approaches. Some of them write the lyrics first and then the, they add the chords later. 
sometimes I'll write out chord patterns and stuff and add the lyrics later, or I'll, I'll write, usually I don't write lyrics without music going on, but if I do, um, they sit and they sit and they sit and they sit forever. <laughs> um, I normally, I don't go back to them much. You know, sometimes I'll dig stuff out and go back to it. But if it didn't have any kind of song structure on an instrument as I was laying it down, it probably didn't survive. Um, but I always keep them handy and I keep my lyrics registered because you just never know. Um, so, hey, that's how I write a song. And I hope that that kind of helps you out. And when I write my little article to go with the podcast, I'll throw a link in there um, to find some basics on song structure for you. And that way you can reference it. I like to take really nice photo paper and print these babies out when I find a chart like that, because you will use it again and again and again. So keep it on something sturdy because you don't want it ripping to shreds because you're going to use it forever and all the time. But the song structure basics is really important to know um, because I'll tell you, recording the album and not having it structured properly made the whole thing so much more work than it had to be. So, you know, even even in the recording process, it's important. So song structure is everything, and it, it's going to be the base of your song no matter where you start or how you start. But uh, that's how I do it, and I encourage anybody to try it. Get out your um, Scrabble game and pull out A, B, C, D, E, F, G, put them in a bag, start s spell words. You could pull them out if you wanted, but I usually find that they work best when you spell words. And you can make a lot of, a lot of words, so <laughs> and you can make a lot work too. But, um, but yeah, have fun with it. And if you try this method, then let me know if it works for you. And even if, even if it doesn't, let me know what works for you because I'd kind of like to hear what other people do and how they write. Um, but that's how I do it, and I hope that that uh, gave you some insight on how you're doing your own music and maybe some ideas of how you can get on your next work and make it mesh well and turn into a song like we want it to. And so for today, I would like to sign off with a big thank you for tuning in, and hopefully you are saving me to your favorites and you're tuning in more and more when I release new episodes, which I don't do it every day, so I won't be bothering your feed way too much. But I hope to be coming back at you with some life questions from Cora, because those are starting to pile up and I should get answering. Uh, some of them look kind of important. So who knows what is to come next, but thank you so much, and we'll see you next time on Ask Simply Mary.